welcome to the College Football Bros, the new bloods of college football podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I am joined by the brother whose golf game wasn't great last week. Yeah, that was me. It was about as bad as it's been for, well, pretty much my life. That was horrible. <laughs> That's okay. It was fun. And uh, Yeah, it was fun. I'm joined by the other brother, who is the only brother without a hole-in-one. All right. That's where you <laughs> went. Yeah, that would be Trey Newman. <laughs> He's actually the only man in the family without a hole-in-one, <laughs> if, if you can call yourself a man. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, Mike. Ouch. <laughs> Which is a little ironic because he's by far the best golfer of the bunch. So, yeah. Sorry, Trey. Ouch. All right. Well, on today's episode, we're going to go over some news and notes, including our thoughts on Athlon's quarterback rankings. But first, let's go through and put together the definitive list of Blue Bloods. You guys want to do that? Yeah. All right. Topic of discussion lately. Good, because that's all I had prepared. So. <laughs> Uh, so this kind of became a topic online because Pick 6 Previews posted a uh, a bunch of polls on Twitter asking if certain teams were Blue Bloods and had the fans vote. So I thought we'd go through and and make our own list. So if two of the three of us agree, then they're officially a Blue Blood. Bring it on. Let's do it. Okay. Well, before we get into it, first question, what's, what is your definition of a Blue Blood? I... I... It's it's hard to say. I didn't really come down with a, like specifics of this is the criteria that you need. I just kind of eyeballed it almost essentially. Just thought about, hey, if I, but if I do think about it, I was like, okay, you got to at least have a, ch- a national championship on your belt. You got to have consistency over a long period of time. You got to have a brand that everybody recognizes and everybody respects. You got to have diehard fans and you always play in meaningful games um, that people can remember and that people look to. So just kind of a combination of stuff i'm in agreement gotta have sustained success over kind of multiple eras or multiple decades not just a few years and not just you know some of the most recent years the recency bias so that was the way i looked at it as as well okay i think those were good definitions uh I'll, i'll start us out here i'll go first and throw out a team that i'm hoping you guys will agree is a blue blood and it's alabama um yep my case for them is that they're alabama yep and they've won a lot of national championships the most of anybody actually oh, so, okay. well yeah they cl- they claim those national championships well yeah who they claim a lot they yeah. you know officially have one less but it's still it's a lot yeah it's it's an it's a huge number yeah slam dunk hey michael do you know how many all americans they have like in history yeah no idea a hundred you'd like it you'd like it oh 69 yeah (laughs) that that, you came to play on this episode i did i did i was ready for that all right so let's welcome alabama officially as a blue blood yep roll tide (laughs) i'm gonna play that sound for every blue blood so just be ready guys all right all right ryan you throw out a team all right i'll go with uh my number two on the list since alabama was first notre dame they, uh, it's a pretty consensus one here. Several national titles, seven Heisman winners, over a hundred All-Americans, but it's just the gold helmets, the touchdown Jesus, their independent status. They're the huge brand. Clear, clear blue blood. All right. I, uh, I have to agree. 
Yep, three for three there. Welcome, Notre Dame. All right, I'm going to go Ohio State next. Uh, I think this is another one of those slam dunks. I mean, they've had, obviously, Heisman's, national championships, great players, All-Americans, NFL success, you know, NFL talent. They've also had a litany of of great coaches, and and as we've seen in the last – since like 2000 with Trestle and and Urban Meyer, it – it hasn't uh, hasn't tapered off. So Ohio State and Luke Fickle, true. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe not him. But all right, Ohio State, you're a blue blood. Yep. Okay, next team I'll throw out there is, I think another lock. I don't. We'll see what you guys say. But is Michigan their first all time in wins by a pretty good margin? Now yeah. the the thing that they don't have in common with with a lot of the blue bloods is kind of the lack of of recent national championships they only have two in the poll era yeah and yeah. only one since 1948 which is crazy and it was a split to me. and it was a split so that it questionable they've still been great over pretty much every decade though yeah so they they are they're blue blood i agree they're they're consistently uh i want i don't want to say whatever the word is between good and great they're very good maybe yeah, there you go. They're consistently very good. They just, like you said, they only have that one national title. They're always in the Big Ten race, you know, uh, and then they, they obviously have the Heismans and the the playmakers and the, the coaches with, you know, Lloyd Carr and... Uh, I like how Lloyd Carr is the first one you named. I guess he's the one that won the championship. Yeah. Yeah. Did. No, I was I was talking more recent and now guys like Harbaugh, but uh, but no, I, I agree. I think they are a slam dunk, but, you know, maybe not to most, I guess. Well, I have a list of like eight clear locks to, for me of teams, and they were my number eight. Wow! Just really? because of just because of that national title thing. Really, I mean, I, I don't the forty eight one. That's that's not modern college football to me. So, just a split national title is, for them is that drops them. I, I think the number one all time wins for me. They're they're higher up on the list, but we all have them in. All right, what's your next team, Ryan? Uh, okay, I'll throw out um, Nebraska <laughs> as a blue blood. They got 46 conference titles, few three Heismans, five national titles, and you might be able to claim a few more than that if we were like some other squads. Uh, but in the last 50 years, nobody has more wins than Nebraska. Great fan base, sellouts in every game since 62 and they can make the claim that they have the best team of all time, uh, the 95 squad. So I think uh, they're going further down this list by as far as, you know, as more time goes by. But they're still there right now. Trey, did you have to think about this one at all or is it a clear blue blood for you? It's 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 not a clear blue blood. I, I think they I do agree. I, I believe they're a blue blood. This is totally unbiased. But I do think that they're one of those teams that is definitely at the risk of losing this status because they really haven't been relevant. They've had a couple years here and there with guys like Sue, but since 2001, they've really been fairly irrelevant. So you're almost looking at two decades of, of being irrelevant. So I think Frost's tenure is basically make or break for, for Nebraska as far as blue blood, I think. I, I kind of agree with you, Trey, because for me, I, I kind of came into this process thinking that I, I was not going to have Nebraska as a blue blood. But the more research I did, obviously, the 62 to 2001 run was incredible. So, yeah, 
our recent lack of success isn't quite enough to take us off the blue blood blue blood status we've actually won nine games 14 times in the last 20 years so it's not like we've completely fallen off yeah right no that's very true but what's different for us compared to the other blue bloods we're the only one at least on my list that is under 70 percent all-time win percentage and nebraska just doesn't quite get the top 10 talent like the other blue bloods so i agree with you trey i think nebraska's for me the most likely to fall off this list if in the next 10 or 20 years they don't have a lot of success but for now i'll say they're a blue blood Yep. All right. The next one will be Oklahoma. I think uh, they they I will say they had a bad kind of decade in in the nineties there, but before that and around the seventies and the eighties, they were they were very good in that old Big Eight. And then once Stoops came aboard in two thousand or ninety nine, whatever he came, they have been a juggernaut and pretty much in the top five, top ten every year for the last almost 20 years and they've had national titles they've had heisman winners i would argue that oklahoma is a blue blood yep they're a lock they're like you said the 90s is the only down decade they they've had since like the 1930s so yeah easily in yeah no doubt they're a lock all right we're running out of blue bloods here but i'm gonna go with texas third all-time in wins, four national championships. And the big thing is they're they're the top program in, I guess, the state that you might call the heart of football, Texas. So mm-hmm. for me, they're clearly a blue blood, even though they haven't had a lot of success lately. Yeah, you'd expect a little bit more, obviously, for all the talent that they've had. I think we've that's a topic of conversation that we've had a lot, but they're, they're clearly a blue blood. There's just no, there's no debating that. But I, I do... I. I have them as a blue blood, but I think they're similar to Michigan where they're consistently really good, but not great. They had that one obviously amazing year, well, maybe two years with Vince Young. Yeah. Uh, Mac Brown, Mac Brown did wonders with them. They've had, you know, in the last 20 years, they're no doubt about it, a blue blood, but maybe like you've said, maybe they've underachieved, but, but I do agree. They, they're, they're a blue blood. Okay, I guess it's my turn, right? So my this is actually my last no doubt about her blue blood. And so this is our eighth team. Is this our eighth this, team here? Yeah, this would be the number eight. Okay, uh, and I have I have this team at six as my overall uh, USC. Um, to me, they're clearly no doubt a blue blood. The only one on the West Coast. Yeah, um, they got eleven national titles, ton of All Americans, six Heisman winners. Um, and they've they've actually had the most players selected out of any program in the NFL draft which is a little surprising, but I, I see you're not counting Reggie Bush as a Heisman winner. Well, that's a shame. It's going official numbers. Sorry. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> no, but it's, they're, they're clear. I mean, you know, USC is clearly blue blood. Yeah. They're a lock. Uh, they've played in 34 Rose Bowls. My question for you guys is who is second on that list and how many have they played in? Ooh, is it Ohio state? Not Ohio state. I'm going to say Michigan. It is Michigan. And how many do they have? How many wins? No, how many appearances? Oh, I'm going to say 22. Uh, no, I'm going to say like 12. 20. Damn. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, USC has that uh, that dominated. So, yep. no question. Yep. All right. Now we're, now we're getting into uh, debatable, debatable territory. So, yeah, this is where it gets a little dicey. Uh, in no particular order, 
I'm gonna throw out. I'm gonna throw out Miami. Okay. Okay. Howard Schnellenberger kind of really built them up in the '80s. Uh, before that, they really weren't much, you know, except for te- random teams here and there. But the, their run in the kind of some of the '90s and then from the in the 2000s, they had they had quite a run. But and they've ha- they had all the success, the NFL talent, some national champions, the swagger, the recruits. But I don't know if I'm ready to put them in the blue blood. I I guess I would argue 51 percent yes, actually. So you do have them as a blue blood. Yeah, gun to my head, I think I do. I I'm going to vote no. I just think the the blue blood obviously a big part of it is the is the long track record, a long history. I just think yep. going back to the 1980s isn't quite enough. Obviously they've I think they'll join it. They're they're one of my on the short list of teams that in the next 10, 20, 30 years as they kind of build up more of a history, they'll be in, but right now I say no. Yeah, I agree with Michael. They're not on my blue blood list. Just a a 20-year period where they were really good isn't quite enough for me to consider them a a blue blood that's done it for decades upon decades. I mean, they do have the, they do have the, the brand, the U that everybody recognizes, but it's just not sustained yet. And, but you never know. Like Trey, your guy, uh, Mark Richt could lead them for the next, I don't know period of years here and help their status but i did fail to mention that they do have probably of this list so far definitely the most fair weather fans yeah that's another thing is the fan base yep. isn't quite yeah it hurts fit in with the other blue bloods yeah they don't have that atmosphere that's just conducive to having the exciting environment so yeah i, I don't think they're there okay that was the first one that uh, did not get the the votes no um i'm gonna go with i'm gonna stick in florida because i think I feel like these three are kind of similar. I'm actually just going to throw them out at the same time. Florida and Florida State. Yeah. 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 They're all the same. Each of them has three national championships. And just like Miami, their their runs pretty much started in the 80s. Before about 1980, they weren't relevant. So uh, my answer is the same for Miami. I think they will achieve blue blood status in the next couple decades, but not yet. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's really just the same scenario. I, I might have for Florida State just a, a notch above Miami. I mean, they were absolutely dominant in those 90s. I mean, they were incredible there with with Bowden. Um, and they do have 18 conference titles, which is a substantial amount, but just not quite there yet. We'll see how it goes, though. And and you could argue Florida with the fact that they had runs with guys like Sprayer and Urban Meyer and titles in those periods. Yeah. But, may, you know, we it's recent. They only have eight conference titles in Gainesville. It's just not... I mean, they've had some good years, some good teams, but it's just not not there yet for me. Yeah. So, Trey, did you vote no on both those teams or do you? Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, I vote no. I think. <laughs> well, did you write these down before or do you just twist in your arm late in the game? Oh, I, no, I wrote these down, but this was yours. You threw out Florida and Florida State. Okay. All right. I'm just trying to make sure we didn't uh, influence your, your opinion. No. But you said yes on Miami or no on Miami? I leaned yes, Miami. Um, you guys made good arguments, but, you know. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the U. It's hard to argue the U. But but you're no on Florida and Florida State. I think so. It's like I like Michael said, I think they're – if you said – if you asked me this in 10 years, they'll probably be there. Okay. I'm going to say Georgia is uh, on the cusp there. I don't think they're a blue bud yet. Um, I've run out of blue buds, so I'm just throwing out a team that's – pretty close yeah yeah me too okay so they have the great fan base they're in the sec you know between the hedges it's awesome they got a great mascot with a real bulldog it's awesome <laughs> um 
they just but they only have a couple national titles um and they just haven't ever had a period where they've been a dominant team i mean they've been good for a long time but just nothing over the top that's just like you know you remember like which georgia team do you remember i yeah i don't know like maybe the Herschel walker days but i just don't think they're quite there um for me just not just not enough I agree. They're they're one of the higher teams on the all time wins list that isn't a blue blood for me. They're eleventh all time. Yeah. Um but I agree with everything you said. Maybe Kirby Smart, if yeah, if his run goes as we think it will go, they could easily jump in. Yeah, yeah. he 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 could do it. Yep, because if Rick Rick just could he always had them in the hunt, but couldn't quite punch through. So yep. I think that's kind of holding them back in this category. All right, so we're all no on Georgia then. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to touch next on, let's talk Penn State. Yeah. They have, you know, they joined the Big Ten. They were one of the last of the quote-unquote original Big Ten teams uh, prior to all this, you know, conference shifting a few years back. They, with Joe Pa, had an unbelievable run. Uh, Joe Pa was there, obviously, forever. Scandal aside, what he did in Happy Valley was great. You know, they, they did... They did punch through um, and win a national title. They've had... Yeah, they had two national titles in the 80s. That's right. That's right. They had two, yeah. But that's their only two. That's it. But, and, you know, again, this is one of those that looks like James Franklin has them pointing in the right direction. So, it's one of those that you'd have to ask me in 10 years. So, you're a no, though. I'm a no. Yeah, I'm I'm a no on Penn State as well. Um, I have them at 12th on my list here. Um, They do have a lot of wins over 800 like 878 yeah what are they top five more than usc yeah but they just they just haven't had the the elite performances they have two national titles and and um i just haven't you know only five conference titles i don't know if you guys knew that but they just they're not winning much i mean they were independent for a long time but still yeah oh yeah that's true my bad but still not as much as you would think from a program like penn state um but, you know, we'll see. Maybe they could get there. They got a long way to go. And they got to battle Ohio State in their own division and Michigan. So it's it's tough. Okay. Next team I'm going to throw out there is a team that is second. I mean, I can't believe we haven't named them. Second all-time in win percentage. Boise, Boise State. State. <laughs> you got it. <right? laughs> yeah, Boise State. When do they become? Their turf is blue. Come on. Yeah, true. No. I mean, no. you're just throwing it as a joke? Yes, I am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but that's my team. Yeah, that's okay. Nice. So is it is it to Trey now? No, I think it's back to you, Ryan. Oh, back to me. Okay. All right, we got a, f- a few more here. Um, my 13th team I had on my list was LSU. Yeah, they got they got a few national titles, um, just one Heisman winner. Um, but then it's just kind of the Tiger Stadium, their fans. When you think of SEC and SEC night games, Tiger Stadium is – Maybe number one as far as like destination where you want to be on a big, big game, big night. Yeah, it's nicknamed Death Valley. I don't know if you've heard that. Yes, <laughs> Death Valley. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Great. Just just throwing out some fun facts you might not have heard. Yeah, fun facts for you. Less miles choose their grass. Yes, but just not enough sustained excellence over a long period of time for them to to get true blue blood status. They got to they gotta do a little more dominating. Yeah, throughout the 70s, 80s, and 90s, they only had one top five finish that whole period. So, yeah, that's that's for me why they're not in. Yep. Uh, next, you know, getting kind of thin, I'm going to touch on uh, 
this is a little bit of new money, uh, Clemson. Yeah. They, you know, you would say, obviously, in if you looked at the last five, ten years, Clemson is, is a blue blood. But in the 80s, they had a run with Danny Ford. Uh, but really, they didn't do anything until Dabo uh, as far as – and. Yep. Kind of a lot after a couple of years of Dabo, he's turned them into just a, a juggernaut in the ACC, and and they're well on their way to becoming a, a blue blood. But they're a little bit new money right now. Yeah, they've they've got a ways to go for me. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree. They got a long way to go. You, it's they got a, the powerful name right now, but just it's right now. They haven't done it for a long time. Okay, I only have two more left on my entire list uh, of kind of names to mention one of them for me is tennessee yeah that was my yeah last one they're not that far down the list for me i mean they're somewhat close they've had a long period of success going back to the 40s 10th all-time in wins they've got two national championships never had a heisman winner so that's yeah that's a, a check against them and just kind of not enough dominant periods in history yeah no no philip fulmer did was outstanding but Really haven't done much, uh, kind of outside of him. Yeah, it's the other thing. The last twenty years, if they had had a better last twenty years, maybe, maybe they'd be in. But well, and that's the thing. And people say, well, Nebraska hasn't done anything in the last twenty years. But okay, pre two thousand, the run that Nebraska had is head and shoulders over what what Tennessee did. And yep. I understand you could argue Tennessee might be better at this moment, but that's not what this is about. This is blue blood nobody nobody can really make that argument it's not like tennessee is very good lately either true <laughs> yeah but all right is does anyone have any other teams they'd like to kind of throw out there or uh yeah, there's only one that i i think i had was was auburn uh they do have some heisman winners some national titles but they had they had some droughts but you know what's interesting about them is tommy tuberville Gene Chizik somehow won one with with Cam and and Gus Malzahn. They've had the last twenty years have been pretty outstanding for a program, especially in the competitive SEC. But yeah, they and they had guys like Bo Jackson back in the day, so they they have some history. It's not like they were a doormat, but maybe not enough sustained success. I mean, you know, they have seven hundred sixty six wins, so they got they got a lot. But and they play in the Iron Bowl too, which is just. It's a meaningful rivalry. I feel that ups their profile quite a bit too. So they're they're not too far off for me. They were number fourteen on my list. All right, Ryan's gonna Ryan's gonna publish his list for the for the nation. I know that's you actually put them all in order. I didn't do that. I did. Yeah, good for you. Yeah. Okay. So this was we really does any other teams you want to throw out there, guys, or is that it? I think that's it. I think some of our Pac-12 fans won't be too happy, but that's just kind of the way it fell. Yeah, who's who? Anybody going to be mad at us for not mentioning them? You know, like uh, I don't think so. Who has any case that we didn't mention? We went pretty far down the list. I know, right? Like, uh, can't think of any. But we didn't disagree on. Did we disagree on it? Trey sort of put fifty-one percent on Miami, but <laughs> we all kind of agreed on on eight. Then, right? We all had eight blue bloods. I'll, I'll list them here. Yep: Alabama, Notre Dame, Michigan, Texas, Oklahoma, Ohio State. USC and Nebraska. Yeah, those were top eight for sure. Blue bloods for me. All right. Well, I guess brothers think alike. Yeah, wild. We do. Let's uh, let's move on and get to some some news and notes. So the first bit of news we have is Kyler Murray was drafted ninth by the Oakland A's, which I think took a lot of people by surprise. Crazy. Yeah, I mean that's nuts. Uh, at first, we all kind of thought then that he's 
going to go play baseball. He's not playing football. Why would the A's draft him if he was going to play football? But yeah, John Heyman has reported that Murray has agreed to a deal that guarantees him close to $5 million and allows him to play football for one season at Oklahoma. So what were, your, what were your guys' thoughts on this? Good decision by Kyler Murray? Good decision by the A's? What do you think? I think it's a good decision all around. I mean, for Kyler Murray in particular, getting an opportunity to be a starting quarterback for a program like Oklahoma and playing meaningful games, that's a once-in-a-lifetime type of experience. So if you have the opportunity to do that, I think you got to go for it. It's just one year. And like you said, he's got the $5 million guaranteed. So if by some unfortunate occurrence he does have a career-ending injury, then he still is set up financially quite well. So I, I think it's worth it for him um, just to get that experience. I mean, it's it's an awesome thing to be able to do that. I uh, personally think he should go play baseball. I, I'm all, always for players, you know, playing football because it makes the college game better. I, I love it. But – it just it seems like a must and, and he's and Kyler Murray is not what you would call the prototypical, you know, NFL quarterback. So I don't know what he really maybe stands to gain in, in the college football game. I mean he he could get some a little more fame and, and success on Oklahoma. I get that, but his it looks like his bread and butter is baseball. That's his moneymaker. Yeah, I mean I agree. If I were him I'd play I'd just go play baseball and not risk injury and health and all the other things you risk playing football, but it's what he wants to do, so more power to him. And it's it's going to be really fun to watch him. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad he's doing it. <laughs> and Oklahoma fans obviously got to be really happy because if they... I, I mean, we don't know what to expect from Austin Kendall, the backup, but I have to think Oklahoma would tumble significantly in preseason rankings if, if Murray had gone to play baseball. Yeah, you would think, for sure. Okay, next bit of news is uh, comes from Athlon. So they, they came out with their magazine... And actually, over the last couple months, they've been coming out with various lists previewing the season. The first one we'll talk about is their top 130 quarterbacks. So they ranked the projected starters for every FBS team. Number five was Mackenzie Milton. Number four, Khalil Tate. Three, Trace McSorley. Number two, maybe the controversial one, Tua Tagovailoa. Pretty high. Yeah. And number one, Will Greer. But my question for you guys is, who do you think was the most overrated on on the entire list it, it was kind of splitting hairs i went with kelly bryant he was number 20 uh the only reason i say that is i i'm a, i like kelly bryant but i'm not even so sure he's the best quarterback on his team hmm. uh and he we don't even know if he's gonna be the one that he might not play the whole year he's he is a suspect passer but i mean i love his athleticism and he really did lead comes into a great season last year so it, it's it's hard for me to knock him, but I would say maybe he's too high. That was that was the friendliest diss I've ever heard, Trey. Yeah, I <laughs> I didn't I didn't want to go too bad on him. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and trash a guy now. Okay, yeah. that's what I like to do. I like to trash college college kids. So yep. Um, no, I'm going Josh Jackson at number 19, Virginia Tech's quarterback. Of course, he really he really struggled down the stretch, especially last year. He was. He had nine touchdowns and eight interceptions in ACC play, so yeah, not very good. And he loses Cam Phillips, of course, who he targeted seemingly half the time. That's a huge loss. He was a redshirt freshman, so it's understandable, and I'm sure they're projecting a big jump. But I don't know. I think it'd have to be a, a pretty big jump to to get into my you know top twenty. Yeah, um, I am gonna go with uh, Khalil Tate at number four. I. I think we kind of saw at the end of last year, teams start to figure him out a little bit. 
or maybe he was just kind of running out of his mojo or something. But I I don't feel like he's going <laughs> to... His mojo? Oh, no. His mojo. I don't feel like he's going to be able to keep up that pace that he had just for those in that middle of the last year. His suspect arm, not the greatest accuracy. Um, so I don't know. I just don't, I'm not buying into it that it's going to translate for, to this year. It, it's a really, Khalil Tate is a very hard one to figure out how good he's going to be this year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I kind of had a second one though. And Michael loves this guy. Who is it? Alex Hornibrook. Oh, right. And that was my a hundred percent. He could have been ranked 130th and you would have said he's overrated. So <laughs> yeah, he's ranked 25th. We, we are very harsh. Wisconsin fans love Hornibrook. No, I'm not. Ryan hates him. <laughs> well, Michael hates him more than I do. We've all, we've all had our fair share of bashing yeah, of Hornibrook. No, I agree. And I'm, I'm here to say right now, we've been too harsh. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. Skip. I'm serious. Nah, but wow. 25th best quarterback in the nation, Alex Hornibrook. Mm. No. Yeah. Too many turnovers. Too, too many turnovers. And for and everything set up, set up so nicely for him. Yeah. I mean, and he still isn't that great or efficient. I mean, with that ground game and I mean, he's somewhat defense. efficient. It's just the interceptions, really. Well, that's part of efficiency. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Touche. Uh, um, all right. So you, you, you double dipped there. Uh, but Sorry. how about who is, who's too low? Who is, uh, underrated on this list? All right. I'm going to go way down the list number 77 drew brown of okie state i thought about mm. that one so wow. for those of you who don't know he's the transfer from hawaii going to oklahoma state he's not guaranteed the starting job but like we had talked about on a, a previous podcast i feel like with him transferring there i feel like there's a good shot he's gonna play and the talent that he's gonna have on the the cowboy team is obviously going to be much better than what he had at the on the hawaii squad and i feel like oklahoma state quarterback that's one of those kind of plug and play roles where almost anyone that goes and plays that position there has some success obviously some more than others but i think number 77 might be a little too low for him yeah and he had good stats at hawaii too so fair enough i I agree with that one uh but i'm going with i'm going somewhat low down the list too I'm going with Derek King of Houston at 51. De- Eric. I know. That's D apostrophe E-R-I-Q is how you spell his name. <laughs> Common. He's a converted wide receiver, uh, but he played quarterback in five games last year, and he was he was incredible. Like His stats, if you go look at them, are really good. He kept the turnovers down, yeah. ran for over five yards a carry, was efficient through the air as well. Um, there, He also, though, is not guaranteed to be the starter because there was a weird transfer. Quentin Dormady... Is is grad transferring to Houston? And not gonna happen. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird that Dormady would have transferred somewhere with. I, I think it's going to be a tough competition for him. I would take Derek King over over Dormady, but we'll maybe Derek wait. King will get injured since he's a a runner. But maybe he is a little guy. Um, yeah. By the way, guys, I am officially starting a campaign uh, to try and help Derek King, and it is because his Sports Reference page is all messed up. That's where I go look at stats on Sports Reference. And if you type in Derek King, it takes you to a page that is just his, I think it's just his freshman stats as a receiver. Mm. If you want to go see his passing stats last year, you have to go to Derek King, D apostrophe E-R-I-G, which is not his name, Derek. but that's where you find all of his stats. What the? Wow. And so I tweeted sports reference last week. They said they were going to fix it, but it has not been done. So wow. they said they're on it though. They're on it. 
Well, now they've got the college football bros push, so I think they'll be on it immediately. <laughs> yeah. I bet Major Applewhite is probably looking, you know, at college reference and being like, wait, who do I start? Normandy <laughs> That's right. or Derek King? And he can't find oh, any man. stats on him. That's right. The poor Cougs. <laughs> All right. That was a good one. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Kyle Shermer at, he's 24th and he's the Vanderbilt quarterback mm-hmm. for those that don't know. Yeah. Um, he was, he finished second in the SEC last year with 26 touchdown passes. Out of the 14 teams, you wouldn't think the Vanderbilt quarterback would be second in TD passes, but he was. He had a good year. He's a good player. He's just uh, not surrounded with the best talent. So, but I think he's, I think he's better than 24th overall. Fair. Okay. Let's, uh, let's move on to Athlon's top 130 teams overall, just the full teams. Yeah. Who'd you guys think was ranked too high? Um, they're not back yet, Mike. Uh, Texas at 20 mm. is my, they're too high. Even at 20, they, they had too many losses. Uh, a lot of guys go pro from a team that wasn't even that great last year. They went seven and six. They were close in some games, yep. but seven and six is still seven and six. And they still have USC on the schedule. They go to Maryland and they lost to both of those teams last year. So it's not exactly an easy schedule. And I just, I mean, I know it'll be the second year there, but I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't see them as finishing much higher than in, in the top 25. Did you guys see that uh, right now in the future lines, Texas is favored against USC? What do you think of that? Well, I mean, well, it's in, in Texas and USC doesn't know who their quarterback is. So. Yeah. That would be a lot, a lot to ask if it was JT Daniels. I'm not, I'm not maybe so bullish on SC this year, mainly because of the quarterback play. Well, I'm not bullish on you this year. <laughs> yeah, it's like, all right, good one, Texas. Uh, I think. Well, well, we'll see. But I'm going to say Michigan. Uh, they have them ranked number five. Athlon does. I I really like Jim Harbaugh. I, I think he's great. But this is just a lot to ask with the question marks, especially around Shea Patterson and what can he really do quickly in this Harbaugh system. Their offensive line this season is a question mark. They should definitely have a great defense. They remember last year with all the inexperience, they got a lot of good young players to get key experience last year. Yeah. But their schedule, they're, they're number five preseason. Their schedule, they have to play at Notre Dame, at Ohio State, at Michigan State, and then they host Wisconsin and Penn State. So that's a lot to ask where essentially they're saying at number five, they really only lose one game maybe two like that that's a tough stretch yeah because they michigan could very well be say they're the fifth best team with that schedule you get a bad break or two and you go nine and three eight and four even if you are that good right no that's fair it's not too far off from what they did this past year the schedule they went eight and they went eight and four right but they had like four really tough losses yeah and then they lost the bowl game yeah that's right yeah but they're gonna be a lot better next year i think but the team I think is overrated is right behind them. It is Miami at six. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was down on Miami all of last year. I thought they were pretenders. They racked up a bunch of wins against teams that weren't that great. They were super lucky to win against Florida State, Georgia Tech, and North Carolina. All those games could have, in some cases, should have gone the other way. Yeah. And then they got embarrassed in their last three games. So yep. I, I, it's kind of a matter of perspective. If they had lost some of those games last year and then they were ranked 15th in this poll i'd be like yeah that's right they're a team on the rise but because they're ranked so high at six i just think 
it, it's gone too far. They're way overrated in my view. I shouldn't say I shouldn't say it that confidently. Well, <laughs> I think they're overrated. I think I'm pretty. I, I agree with you. They were they were number two on my list. They're number six. They haven't proven they can be a top ten team for a, quite a while. That's that's quite a big leap. And if you're number six, you have to have like usually you have a stud quarterback and. We can all agree that Malik Rozier might not be the guy. So yeah. that's a that's a lot to ask. Another thing with them though is that they actually they have a really easy schedule this year to where I mean they might go ten and two and still be the twelfth best team or fifteenth best team. Kind of like this past year, yeah. Yeah, kinda like that. Um all right, who do you guys think is the most underrated team? Um, I'm gonna say the Ducks, Oregon. They're at twenty three and with Justin Herbert on their team last year, they, I mean, they were really good. Once he got hurt, that's when they kind of started to falter a little bit towards the end. But Herbert's proven to be a what great What about quarter. the bowl game against Boise State? Yeah, I know. The bowl game against Boise State was... Uh, no, no. That was not good, but clearly disinterested. They didn't have Willie Taggart. And, no, yeah. I'm total agreement. Total agreement. Totally, totally disinterested in that game. I think we're all high on Oregon. Totally high on Oregon with Herbert. And, and, and you know, the other factor is... Jim Levitt. Even though they lost their coach, they exactly Jim Levitt coming yeah. back. Yep, two second year in a row. They got much better on defense last year than they were the year before that, and they'll make another big jump. Yeah, they got some talent. All right, no, that's a, that's a great pick. I'm gonna go to the SEC and South Kakalaki, Carolina. I think mm. I is that a nickname for them? South Kakalaki? You never? <laughs> I haven't heard. You never that. heard that Kakalaki? Yeah, yeah. Oh, huh, I don't know. Missed that one. I don't even like football. <laughs> Darius Rucker will tell you about it. Uh Muschamp and Jake Bentley, they, th- this is the time. They got to take the next step to getting the Gamecocks back in the mix, kind of how Spurrier had them, uh, during his, his regime. Remember last year, they lost Debo Samuel and that kind of changed their offense. He's going to be back this year. Mm-hmm. I also think, uh, that their wideout Shy Smith, he should turn into a stud in his sophomore season. And you, we touched on Michigan earlier, Ryan. They were the one that they blew the, huge 19 to 3 lead in the Outback Bowl to South Carolina. So they had some momentum to springboard them into the off season. Yep. They they have a favorable schedule. They they granted they they play Georgia at home and they have to play at Clemson, but they avoid Alabama and Auburn within the conference. So their schedule as far as the SEC is concerned is is fairly favorable for them to to take the next step. Okay, yeah. That's good. I'm going to go with San Diego State at 52. I just feel like they're a little bit disrespected by these rankings. They're way behind Fresno at 34. Yeah, that's weird. But I think they're going to be every bit as good, if not better. Chris, Kristen Chapman is uh, is back at quarterback. and He's okay. And this, what's that? He's okay. Yeah, I mean, but he's experienced. The point is that they don't lose. A, they're not replacing their quarterback from last year. Just Penny. They are replacing Penny, but they were replacing Pumphrey before that, and Penny was even better. Now they're going to Jawan Washington. The entire O-line is back, so. Yeah. I think Washington's going to be a star this year. He was no, I agree yeah. that he was good last year. Yeah, he was great in in backup role last year. He had like seven hundred yards on six yards a carry or something crazy like that. So he's uh, he's going to be very good. Rocky Long, I think is I think I've said this before, but they're maybe the most underrated program uh, just generally the last three or four years. Even you can go back even further than that. Yeah, and so I think they'll get nine or ten wins again. Yeah, no, I agree. That's a good pick. I don't understand how they could be so much further back than than Fresno. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's get to the questionable finish. All right. So this will be an RCFB questionable finish because all of the questions come from the college football subreddit. Sweet. 
Shout out. This first question comes from the user ButtRain. Nice. He asks, which coach or AD is most likely to complain about unfair treatment and trash talk his players on burner accounts? Well, I got to pick somebody that's usually active on social media and somebody that's a little out there. So I'm going to go Lane Kiffin here. Seems like a logical choice for this question. <laughs> it was either him or Mike Leach, I thought, when you were, <laughs> yeah, as exactly. you were talking. <laughs> Butt Rain. I, what a name. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say Mark Stoops. But those Stoops brothers, they're they are fiery mm. and occasionally know how to get in trouble from time to time. So I would yeah, you I'd say Bo. Oh, yeah. Bo Pelini, if you count him. That would be a good That's one. He's, he's coaching. That's true. I am going with Tom Herman. And the first reason is that his wife last year retweeted a uh, of someone that was bashing Texas fans. And then the other reason is I just don't like him. Do you, do you guys like Tom Herman? He just, for some reason, I don't like him. I want to like him, I, but I don't. I liked him. I think I, li- I liked him more at Houston. Yeah, I don't. Not not a big uh, Herman guy, especially after the uh, he kind of got antagonized. Well, who was it that he? <laughs> yeah, Drew Locke. Drew Locke. That's right. Yeah, that. Yeah. I think he's gonna have a lot of success at Texas, though. But that's another story. Next question comes from Breslin Lotshots. In honor of J.R. Smith, what boneheaded play did your team perform that you're still not over? Hmm. Huh. Well, I'm obviously a Nebraska fan. Uh, I'm going to go back to a game we had with Zach Taylor at the helm. We were playing Texas. It was in Lincoln. It was our chance to beat Colt McCoy. And Zach Taylor made a throw late in the fourth quarter to Terrence Nunn. And kind of as he turned for the first down and it would have iced the game, Aaron Ross hit him and he fumbled. And it was as if Terrence Nunn didn't expect anybody to be there. And, of course, there was Texas... Got the got the ball, marched down the field and, and kicked a field goal the last play of the game to win. So that was uh, that was pretty brutal. That hurt. That hurt bad. Mine is also Nebraska. 2005. We were four and zero, going up against Texas Tech, and 350 pounder Lakeven Smith had the game winning <laughs> interception in his hands. He caught it, and then he started running. Yep. Had he gone down, it, it was over. We would have won. Starts running, fumbles. Texas Tech gets the ball back throws a touchdown to win that one hurt too ouch um it did <laughs> so there's a lot of a lot of to choose from as a nebraska fan yeah uh i'm gonna go with uh one it was a horrible year for us but it was one of the most boneheaded plays i've ever seen or coaching decisions it was uh 2015 i believe it was when nebraska was playing at illinois and tommy armstrong was our quarterback so it's kind of all you need to know but um <laughs> we were up we were up six with about a minute left in Illinois territory, it was uh, third and short, but Illinois had no timeouts left. So if we ran the ball and did it and got like, a, or we just kneeled it and punted it, Illinois would have got the ball with like 10 seconds, 15 seconds left max, and they would have had to go the length of the field to score a touchdown. But our boneheaded offensive coordinator calls a, a play, like an option play, where it gives Tommy the ability to check it and maybe throw the ball. And of course he throws it incomplete, gives Illinois the ball with about a 50 seconds left, and of course they go down the field and score, get a touchdown, and we lose the game. Good stuff. That year was like filled with just heartbreak. Just we've found ways to lose. You know, and and the first one that always comes to mind though is and luckily Michael, you weren't so much of an SC fan yet at that point, but Reggie Bush's pitch in the the Rose Bowl against Texas, that that was pretty boneheaded. Yeah, very true. 
All right, next question, Super J73. He says, which college football player fell most short of your NFL expectations? I'll go first. I see. I don't really have a lot of strong draft opinions usually because, you know, it's it's a crapshoot, and I just kind of trust the scouts. But I did like Jimmy Clausen. I thought wow. Jimmy Clausen was going to be like a really good quarterback. You and Mel wow. Kiper, and it turns out he was not. He was pretty bad. Mel Kiper was on on that that train too. He was. I uh, I'm going to say Vince Young. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily because I thought. I didn't know how he would translate, but once he he had a little bit of early success with the Titans, you know, a little bit, he kind of showed like, okay, that he's gonna be. Yeah, he thought he was gonna next, be good. The next, yeah, he was rookie of the year. Yeah, like he's gonna be the guy. He's gonna be better than Vic. He's gonna he's gonna be the man. And he just plateaued and and really disappeared after that. It's a weird and situation because I, I really liked watching Vince in college and just just didn't quite work out. Yeah, it was a kind of a weird fizzle. It was almost like a mental thing rather than his physical attributes. I don't know, it was weird. I'm going to say Trent Richardson for mine. He was a really good in college, and then how could he be that bad in the NFL? Like, he was like arguably the worst running back in the period of, in the NFL at that point. I mean, <laughs> he was so bad. It was crazy. He couldn't do anything. You, I mean, you'd think running back kind of translates pretty easily. It's not, you, know, you feel like you have a good idea of who's going to be good, but man, he just sucked. <laughs> All right, so that is it. Um, good podcast, guys. We named our eight blue bloods, and we got Ryan another chance to bash Alex Hornerbrook. So it's always good. What? What? That? That's you. You're the one who usually always bashes Hornerbrook. I did. I did. I've kind of come around. I've I've seen the light on Hornerbrook. I think he's actually okay. I bash Kellen Mond. That's my guy. Oh, I'm, <laughs> that's true. I was mistaken. Yeah. Kellen Mond. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we will leave you all with uh, a nice message from Bruce Feldman and say goodbye. <laughs> Cushy socks and soft underwear. Man, it just makes a guy feel great. <laughs> well said. So true. Well said. Good night, everyone. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. Keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.